Hello. Hello. Welcome back to the Book Squad podcast, everyone. I am Adam. And I am Polly. Uh, today we're going to be talking about nature in celebration of spring. It has finally sprung. Uh, today it's supposed to be six um, degrees. Maybe. We'll see. It's Kansas. Yeah. It has, you know, <laughs> ideas of its own what weather it, it wants to like do. It, I feel like it has sprunged. Like, sprunged. I mean, it's not entirely sprung, but... We're getting there. Mm. I've seen daffodils. I'm, holding my, I'm crossing my fingers. <laughs> um, but trees are budding. <laughs> Allergies are a blooming. Uh, today, mm-hmm. to talk about nature in celebration of spring, maybe, uh, we have a special guest. Um, mm-hmm. The special guest is the just resident nature aficionado, mm-hmm. especially um, in our team, but also just kind of in the library. She knows everything about everything, especially in regards to local nature and always has fantastic book recommendations in regards to that. Um, so if you'd like to introduce yourself aficionado, that would be great. <laughs> Hi, I'm Shirley. Um, I run a couple book clubs in the book squad department. And um, one of those I co-run with Jake Vale in the Info Services, and that is the Nature Book Club, mm-hmm. which is um, especially apropos today <laughs> with the theme. Um, so I read pretty eclectically. Mm-hmm. Um, with my Mystery Book Club, um, I have themes, and absolutely, I've celebrated nature um, a couple times so far. Um but so I read a lot of nature. I read a lot of um, nonfiction that's related to nature. Um, I read a lot of mysteries. Um, I read a lot about artists um, of all kinds. And um, what else can I say? Um, Ooh, tell tell us how the Nature Book Club works because if somebody if people are into this, they might want to join mm-hmm. up with that. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, we invite whoever wants to join us to come and share whatever they've been reading recently that has some focus to the environment. And it could be a nonfiction book that is a field guide. It could be um, a very beautifully illustrated um, artistic book that shows the natural world. And it could be um, a novel that is very vivid in its natural settings. Okay. So you can come and talk about any book that you've read recently. And if you're um, feeling reticent, you can come and just listen as well. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's kind of what we're going to do today. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about those books. So. Uh, one other thing, because Shirley is too humble uh, to mention this, she really champions nature books from the perspective uh, specifically of indigenous peoples or just people of color. Um, so always look for her book recs to um, get a well-rounded and uh, just a well-rounded view of nature and how important it is to trust indigenous peoples in whatever country to mm-hmm. take care of the environment and mm-hmm. make sure our environment will be around for a very long time. Yes. Thanks, Hit, Adam. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hit up those staff Yeah, picks. she's really great. Um, she's really great. great with that. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Well, on that note, we are going to sit around and have our own little nature book club mm-hmm. today and talk about um, some book recommendations, our favorite books that involve nature. So mm-hmm. this was kind of a hard one for me. Really? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, as I said to you, as soon as it's time to pick books to talk about, I've never read a book in my life <laughs> and I don't even know what they are. Thank you very much. So the first thing that came to mind was... Um, the Little House series, which yeah. is problematic in about 127 different ways, but it was like my first introduction to mm-hmm. I want to be outside and be a prairie girl. Yeah. Um, and that was, you know, the 70s for me. So I, they're not included in my like favorite books, but that yeah. was the first thing I thought of was mm-hmm. like, I think a lot of uh, kids, that's um, girls especially, that's like their first introduction to. Mm-hmm nature books. Um, but the books I did choose uh, were Prodigal Summer by Barbara Kingsolver, yep. which I have not read for a while and I really would like to reread it. Um, the setting in that book is like another character. Um, she does a really incredible job. It's um, set in the Appalachian Mountains um, and it follows three different stories that kind of eventually come together. So there's a reclusive uh, park ranger and she's surprised by a hunter who comes along and they develop um, a relationship with each other. There's a young widow who I believe transplanted to the area and then became a widow and is trying to find her place there. And then two neighbors who are feuding. And I know like um, the trees play a big part in that. (laughs) Um, That's so, I mean, Barbara Kingsolver does some really good nonfiction about um, mm-hmm. the earth and nature and food. And so um, this she really kind of does a great job with this, too. And this came out like uh, 2000, I think. So, I mean, this was like Cli-Fi before Cli-Fi really kind of got, you cool. know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's quite good. Um, the other one I thought of that just really like got me outside was the backyard homestead, which mm-hmm. is, I think it's, um, like an edited, um, like a bunch of people contributed, but, um, it got me outside into my backyard. When I read it, I had this really huge backyard that was just going to waste mm-hmm. uh, because I wasn't out there doing anything with it. And so it really got me, um, interested in, just sort of, you know, the sea. I mean, I love seasons anyway, but it yeah. got me the cycle of how things were. Yeah, we yeah. got chickens. We planted a bunch of like raised beds and we had some we had some really good times with that mm-hmm. garden. Um, and then the last one is Deep Creek by Pam Houston. And I'm constantly trying to shove this book into people's hands. <laughs> um, and I did. I just actually gave it to Z, my friend who used to work here, and mm-hmm. um, she really loved it, too. So Pam Houston is a writer who writes about writing a lot, but like also, um, hold on a second. I need to take a little drink. Sorry about that. (laughs) Water break. Water break. Okay. Um, So she, but she, so she writes about her experience and she, she travels all over the world and teaches writing there, but she is, she bought this. 120 acre um, ranch in the um, high country in Colorado 
And the thing that sold me immediately was she has Irish wolfhounds, which is the dog of my dreams. Someday <laughs> I want to have one. So that sold me. But then, you know, and horses. Um, Are so, you a horse girl, Polly? Um, yes, I was a horse girl. <laughs> oh, I had a collection and I had a bunch of posters. And yeah, so I was a horse girl. Um, and she's got donkeys and an Icelandic sheep. And she actually goes to Iceland. Iceland and rides ponies like for some yeah for some number of weeks of the year I really want to go to that writing retreat that she does (laughs) but um she you know so this is a memoir uh so she does talk about like her past and she came from a very abusive household and so like getting in touch with nature buying this land like um being a steward of these animals really helped heal her Mm -hmm. and um you know, she talks a lot about that. So yeah. that was very, um, that was also very sort of inspirational to me. Yeah. To like get myself outside more, let nature be healing and do a better job of healing nature. So very cool. Those are, those are my three. Okay, great. My, my three, they're all fiction. Um, I buy nature and myself, not necessarily a nature person, so I prefer to enjoy it through books. Uh, it's why I have a category of books that I have labeled touch grass <laughs> because they are ones that allow me to connect to nature, which uh, fortunately or unfortunately, my partner is much more into being outside than I am. So I'm spending much more time in nature, which is good for me, I suppose. <laughs> there are many bugs. But speaking of bugs, while I'm not a huge fan of them myself, uh, Looking at them sometimes is nice, but I don't want them near me or on me or interacting (laughs) with me at all. Um, Surprisingly, one book that I read pretty recently and absolutely adored, surprisingly because of the content, unsurprisingly because it's by K.J. Charles, which Mm. is, as Mm -hmm. everybody knows, one of my all-time favorite authors. But her most recent book, The Secret Lies of Country Gentlemen, I read this one. And devoured it in about a day and a half. I absolutely loved it. And the main protagonist is really into entomology, which is the study of bugs. And so, well, insects, I suppose. But he, throughout the novel, is living in the marshes in England. This is a historical romance. And he's just this nobleman who's just kind of crawling around the countryside observing bugs. and. I didn't know that this would be an incredible subject because of my, you know, rocky relationship with bugs, (laughs) but I absolutely adore just the descriptions of nature and the marshlands. I just really love when authors bring up marshes in books. I think it's a, an environment that often isn't spoken about or when it's spoken about, usually the negatives are brought up, but I think it's such a fascinating environment and just ecology and just there's so much going on especially when you look at the microscopic levels like yeah the insects and all of the animals and and how they exist Um, I've actually started this past year going out to the wetlands a little bit more which has been really lovely so like kind of reading something that's about marshes and then keeping kind of having a small amount of reference just because we have a similar ish environment in our own backyard 
it was really cool to be able to kind of connect those two. But I, I really want to just wander around the marshes like I'm some protagonist <laughs> in an old English novel and want? just be grumpy and have a big coat that's open and frilly collar. The wind whipping you. The wind whipping me. Um, <laughs> and everything's all wet and gross and there are bugs landing on my skin. But you know what? What It's romantic when you read about it. <laughs> um, another one I... Um, have to recommend is Ghost Wall by Sarah Moss. This is a very different type of book. It's literary fiction. It's about a a young girl who whose father is obsessed with like how old English people used to live, um, especially during like the Roman era. And it's like he, it's a, a very quiet family story and very much a coming of age of a, a queer young girl living in a very controlling, scary household, but within the context of nature and how nature itself is not necessarily controlling, but can be scary in its own right because nature doesn't care about people for the most part. It just wants to exist and it's going to do its own thing. And so it's a very interesting text of how Sarah Moss uses this controlling environment of her of this protagonist home life versus an uncontrolled environment of nature and how they all go to this historical reenactment where they live out their lives like the ancient Brightons used Mm -hmm. to live and she's just there and she's like I don't want to be here I want to be inside indoors and not living in these prehistoric ways, but this is what I'm going to do. But Sarah Moss does a really good job of bringing nature into all of her books. She's one of my favorites because of that reason. Um, Pretty much every single thing she writes, there will be nature involved. It plays a huge part. Usually it's almost like a a character unto itself. But Ghost Wall was, was really fascinating and very much a almost a modern Gothic story just because of the, the, the content and the, almost feelings of dread, but also the really lush descriptions of actions and environment. Uh, Sarah Moss does an absolute yeah. wonderful job, like I said, with nature. That so I, I love, 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 love reading her books. It is a very slim volume. It's very small. very creepy uh-huh. vibe. I'll, Anyways. Yeah, it's like Your a book, modern fable, basically. <laughs> but it's mm. it's absolutely fascinating. I love, love, love Sarah Moss. Mm-hmm. That's just the most recent one I've read of hers. And then another one I read that is very different than the other two, but I nature plays an important role because it almost acts as as one of the primary antagonists. Uh this the one I want to talk about is Leech by Hiron Ennis. It is a science fiction horror novel set in an area of the world that is almost forever winter and so it's about a doctor who is has an alien life form in their body and it's just it's so it's hard to describe so it's a it is a gothic story very much inspired by classic gothic but using science fiction and horror to tell the tale but essentially there's a doctor who is an alien life form at this point um who goes to a a a very estranged manor in this very wintry place to 
see to uncover a mystery of what happened to the former doctor who's also like an alien life form and when they get there they discover a second alien life form that is just as lecherous and just as predatory as the current one that the doctor is and so it's like a battle of wills and a battle of instincts um between these two alien creatures and humans are just kind of in the middle not knowing that there's these life forms that just want to survive but also want to destroy all humans it's difficult to describe it is is very last of us vibes very much last of us vibes (laughs) if you like the last of us you will absolutely love leech it has beautiful things to say about just the nature of trauma and, and things like that and autonomy and survival but it's very much yeah you like the last of us you will love leech but because it is set in a wintry place and because it is almost uninhabitable because of how wintry it is you can really feel how nature is pressing in on all of the characters from all sides because it's not like they're in this terrible manor house and terrible things are happening but they can't escape it's not like they can just leave because there's snow everywhere and everything is impassable. And so it's like the same feelings you get from like something like The Shining, where the man, like the the hotel and The Shining and the winter itself acts as an antagonist because you're secluded and you can't leave. Mm-hmm. It's that same feeling in Leech where nature acts as a barrier, as an antagonist, as something like you want to go outside and mm-hmm. you want to leave, but you can't because ultimately nature is all powerful and as much as we like to think that we are the top uh nature is going to do what it's going to do and if that means making your life miserable amongst a bunch of alien species that are battling (laughs) for control of the entire world well then there you go it's like aliens and snow that's also giving me uprooted vibes not too dissimilar from uprooted Mm -hmm. actually just you know a different type of nature mm-hmm. operated also an incredible i know nature-y i don't know why i didn't about think about a that. scary forest i should have thought about that <laughs> it is scary forest. but those are my three reads uh pretty typical for me something really romantic and lovely and lush and then two dreadful ones mm. yeah all brand <laughs> okay fascinating <laughs> okay shirley what do you got all right i've got the island of missing trees by elif shafak This is the most recent book that I finished and just I'm going to live with this for a long time. This novel is a bittersweet lyrical homage to nature and plants. An anthropomorphic fig tree narrates many of the chapters. A story of heartwarming family and romantic relationships and a wise reckoning with civil conflict and political division. Told in nonlinear time with different chapters in 1974 Cyprus and 2010's London, melancholy and thought-provoking generational trauma is revealed with the daughter of a Greek father and a Turkish mother. Discords of their homeland origins of Cyprus live on. Turkish and Greek foods are integral and intriguing superstitions are revealed throughout. The author is originally from Turkey. Mm. I heartily recommend I it. I love a book with food in it. I know. <laughs> I know. I couldn't leave that part out for you, especially. It's about lunchtime and I'm hungry. And I, I've already eaten, but I want to eat some more. But just the idea of like a whole book with Mediterranean food being yeah. featured. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Sorry. No. Not that, to interrupt. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I caught your interest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. um, another one that is living on in my memory, um, even though I read it a little while uh, last year. Mm. Um, Once There Were Wolves by Charlotte McConaughey. Um, this is a vivid, darkly atmospheric and descriptive standalone mystery and a climate fiction novel. The heroine is a tough and complex wolf biologist in the woods of the woods of the Scottish Highlands. I love the apropos message: land restoration requires predators. Also reflecting much realistic grit, conflict, optimism, and the possibility of a romance in the story. Mm-hmm. All right, and um, considering the timing, um, just this last year, I uh, celebrated 30 years of working public service at mm-hmm. Lawrence Public Library. Woo-hoo. and um i'm not done yet but um yeah at that milestone um i was invited to select a new book for the library's collection and um i chose everything the light touches by janice perriott um it's a book that resonates connections of environmental and social justice with several different characters a part of the charm of this read is discovering the connections each shares, especially especially with plants and more of the human world, and more than the human world, I gotta say. Travel allows each character to reorient, to gain perspective, connections to place, and their collective relationships to earth. This is a book to savor rather than rush through. Author Janice Perriott is an East Indian author. She lives in New Delhi. Among her influences, she credits Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin Wall Kimmerer. I know. Now I'm right here like, okay, Braiding Sweetgrass. <laughs> like, what else can we, can we throw out there? Um, okay, I just want to, I did want to throw this one out there. I have no idea because I have not read it. I was just in the middle of doing, looking for some of the books that I did want to use. And this book, Woods Queer. Crafting a Sustainable Rural Life by Gretchen Legler. Um, and it's uh, it's in Maine. It's set in Maine, which I, like, have this dream of going to Maine. I've mm-hmm. never – it's one of the places I've never been, and I don't know why. I think it's supposed to be my homeland. But um, I probably would not love it there in the winter. Oh, no. At all. <laughs> not remotely. Speaking of Stephen King, <laughs> The Shining earlier. <laughs> yes. <laughs> No. So, um, yeah, but so Woods Queer, it it sometimes describes a person who's taken to the wild for an extended period of time and maybe gone a little stir crazy. So (laughs) it's like an actual term, but also she is queer writer and and she and her partner have um, moved there to to have this sort of lifestyle. Um, And uh, she does talk about that. Oh, Scott and Helen Nearing. Do you know that one? Um, oh, that is a, it's an old one. They moved to like in the thirties. Oh, um, living the good life, how to live sanely and simply in a troubled world. So they, their story is they moved to rural Maine in like 1932 and mm-hmm. then, you know, for, like tend that land for a really long amount of time. And mm-hmm. that's um, people like, I think when I hear people talk about, getting excited about that that's sort of like a cornerstone book that everybody yeah sort of experiences is like you know that getting back to the land and taking care of it but you know this was these people were doing this in 1932 when yeah. you know 
that people weren't talking about it the way we're talking about it today. Mm-hmm. So anyways, uh, as always, I just had to throw in a couple more books. <laughs> I'm a rebel. Just a TBR. I'm a rebel. <laughs> I, I love just the concept of that book because what is more queer than having a fantasy of leaving everything oh, and going into the woods? Like, <laughs> every queer person I know is just like, mm-hmm. I just want to live in the country and do my own thing myself included and i've already said i don't like nature that much <laughs> mm-hmm. i'm just like oh i would love to live in the country i hate bugs but still it'd be great i'm sure <laughs> i could have chickens uh i think like i really i've been thinking a lot about you know getting out more because you know everybody's like it is go touch some grass but mm-hmm. like really i mean it's it does help and i i find myself like every time i think about the stuff that i'm really love it's it's sitting outside it's like experiencing nature less mm-hmm. bugs but would be great but um but i find like as a woman i struggle to feel safe outside yeah. and so i feel like that's you know a really there's this conundrum and it's interesting that um, most of our writers were all women. You yeah. know, there's this, the other book I was thinking about putting in was wild by Cheryl Strayed because yeah. same thing, you know, it's just, it was very like inspirational to get out there, but like there's this feeling that, you know, right or wrong or whatever that you just don't always feel safe outside. Yeah. And so like that the outdoors isn't for women yeah. to, to go experience. So yeah, it's for white, white men and white men mm-hmm. alone. I do. I love how a lot of women and a lot of people of color have really reclaimed nature for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the amount of like indigenous folks who are coming forward and being like, Hey, we need to take care of our planet mm-hmm. if we want to, to stay here. Like we have to be good stewards. Like we are, this is not just a, place to mine and destroy for our own resources we must be respectful um or else um mm-hmm. i do love how how so how many marginalized people or people you would not necessarily initially associate with nature have just been like no we're we're claiming this we're claiming mm-hmm. a space for ourselves as well mm-hmm. uh, because nature is for everyone yeah i there have been a number of like books written by black farmers, especially like black urban farmers, mm-hmm. um, urban homesteaders, which I think is amazing, which maybe we could include. And there's like two that, of course, I'm not remembering the title of right now, um, which we maybe could include those. Farming While Black would be one. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then one of we, I think the other one is like We Are Our Own Harvest is mm. the other book that I'm thinking of. Um, yeah, those are all the books we yeah. have to recommend uh, and a whole bunch more than and a whole bunch more we than the three I had on the list for everyone to do. Sorry, told so. you there was another <laughs> there was another book that I was like trying to move to, and I I will think of it, and then it'll be in the show notes. We won't have talked about it at all, Don't and it'll be like, an Easter this? egg surprise <laughs> in the show notes because there was another book that I was super wanting to share with you guys. Yeah. I get a Passover surprise. I don't know. <laughs> it just. It just poofed right out of my brain when I was trying to talk about it. So it'll come uh, up. But yeah, check the show notes. As always, we'll have a ton of books there and even bonus ones that we didn't talk about. We just remembered afterwards. <laughs> Polly. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about that. All right. To wrap us up, uh, Shirley, could you tell us about a, an exciting event that's coming up soon? 
Yeah, thank you. Um, the Wakarusa Wetlands Celebration is coming up. Um, it's scheduled for Earth Day. Um, there is a chance for weather to um, delay us, and so in that case, we would move to April 29th instead of April 22nd. But as planned, we're hoping for Earth Day from 9 to 11 in the morning. Um, local authors and artists, we're going to be outside at the Medicine Wheel at Haskell. Cool. And um, we're going to talk about these creative authors and artists and how um, the environment, how Haskell and the wetlands, how it connects to what they make and what they write. Very cool. Yeah. Do we have a, do we have an ending wrap up? Um, Sometimes we talk about what we're binging or. I mean, the last of us is over now, so I'm an empty shell. Actually, I started not nature related. I started watching Hacks which is on HBO uh, Max currently. Mm. It is extremely fun. Uh, it's about a an older comedian who was very popular in the 70s and now she does shows in Las Vegas. And so she is like a hack because she is making money oh. off of Las Vegas mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. QVC and local commercials and stuff like that. And her career is kind of in flux and she's kind of being threatened because of just not having as much space at uh, Las Vegas at her performance venue anymore. And so she hires a writer who has been canceled essentially. Not that anyone can actually be canceled because their careers continue to move on. But anyways, um, by a Los Angeles writer who tweeted something really offensive and now no one wants to work with her. And so these two incredibly problematic women work together. Um, it is just a show of awful people and it's great fun. What? Why am I not surprised? You, yeah, that that is your complete jam. Women being mean, yeah. <laughs> Awful characters, give them all to me. Okay, I feel like I remember hacks like cleaning up like a year ago or really? two years ago at some award ceremony, and I can't remember. I literally never heard of it. My partner was just like, "Hey, this is really good. I think you'd like." And I was like, "Okay." Did you just say how many seasons? It's uh, um, watching the current currently the second one. Okay. I think there's just two. Okay, but that's yeah. nothing can replace The Last of Us. But no. this one is doing a good job. <laughs> no, I'm going back for a rewatch. As a matter of fact, um, of The Last of Us. But yeah, no. Well, you know, since we since the last time we recorded, uh, Ted Lasso was back. So mm-hmm. wearing my Ted Lasso gear today. <laughs> today the third episode drops for the season. I guess that's that's a lot of touching grass. Oh yeah, literally out there on the pitch. <laughs> Very excited to hang out with Roy and Keely freaking everybody. <laughs> I love them. Sam, Rebecca, my best friends. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, that's the. If you want to know where I am, that's what I'm doing. I'm yeah. rewatching Last of Us, and I'm rewatching Ted over and mm-hmm. over again. It's my Shirley, life. Shirley, what have you been up to recently? Any non-bookish activities? <laughs> <laughs> I've been walking and watching birds. You're not a big TV watcher. <laughs> not often, no. Mm-hmm. But I do have a show, and it is Equalizer with Queen Latifah. Oh, Ooh. Yeah. My husband watches that. He's like, <laughs> he's really into that. Yeah. I, I'm like, I, okay, 
I've never even heard of it. Oh, it's like the new, right? Because Equalizer used to be a dude. Yeah, this is the remake, Uh and this is so inspiring. I never watched the original, and I'm a little bit curious about it, Mm -hmm. but... Yeah, it's a white British dude. So oh, okay. right. Queen Latifah, um, she's a champion that I want to cheer for. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I suppose that the premise, even back when it was the white British dude, that it was still about um, writing justice no matter what cost, no matter what ethical things that regular law people must abide by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the premise is like the equalizer is like if you didn't get justice through the law, they will deliver justice for you. So, okay, yeah, so she's awesome. And she's also like a mom. She has like a teenage daughter, right, yeah. in the show. And the I walked in while my husband was watching it. And the thing that like made me laugh is that she was listening to the Humpty Dance, I think. <laughs> like, I believe that's what was on. And the daughter was like, man, you're old music. And I was like, that is literally on my everyday playlist. <laughs> <laughs> I was so busted in that moment. <laughs> me and Queen Latifah bust into the Humpty Dance. Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I suppose that should wrap us up. Yeah. Everybody, when you're done listening, if you weren't outside, go outside. Go touch, touch some grass. Touch some grass. Like, Be careful of the bugs. They'll get you. <laughs> they certainly will. All right, folks. Happy reading. Happy reading. That's it for this edition of the Book Squad podcast. For more details on any of the books or events mentioned in this episode, visit lplks.org. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe and please rate or comment. You'll help others find the podcast. Our Book Squad librarians are Polly Kinn and Adam Lopez. Our theme music is by Heidi Lynn Gluck. I'm Joel Bonner, and this has been a production of the Lawrence Public Library.